0: As I was developing this show, there was really only one guest I wanted to lead with, and I'm thrilled Angus agreed to be on the show since we had never met. Angus Lee is the co-founder of the California Pickleball Association, and he embodies everything I want this show to feature. We talk about his background, how he got into pickleball, how his experience and education fueled his journey into competing and coaching, and eventually running his own pickleball business. I'm Josh Walker, and this is SoCal Pickleball Stories. Lee thanks for being here
1: thanks for having me
0: you're one of the first guys I heard about sort of this elite class of player top rec player when I started playing heard about you from Tim Chuko you
1: guys used to play together yes um, me and Tim are actually pretty good friends Uh, we play like few tournaments together and we got some really good results and after that um he started his own uh, pickleball paddle company, and then I start running more pickleball tournaments. And then I moved to uh, somewhere else, far from Burbank. That's why we don't play as much together <laughs> right now.
0: Yeah, Tim's a great guy. He's done a lot for the community. So where are you from originally?
1: Yeah, so I'm originally from Hong Kong. I came to the United States like seven years ago. Um, I came here for a study abroad program for my bachelor's. And then um, I came here for one semester and I really liked it. So I choose to stay in the United States. And I'm fortunate I'm still here, um, not get kicked out by the government yet. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I'm from, Hong Kong. And what, what was it like growing up there? Growing up, like I play a lot. I love sports a lot too. And I play a lot of basketball in Hong Kong. Um, definitely Hong Kong is a really busy economic city and there's a lot of good food and everything. Um, but I would say, like, for the sports environment, uh, U.S. is giving a um, much bigger leading role in the world. And I'm really glad, like, I pick up pickleball in the U.S.
0: So you play basketball. What other sports, like, what do kids play? Like, here, I think kids play soccer, you know, stuff like that. Is basketball sort of a main sport for kids to pick up?
1: Yeah, so in I would say in Asia, like, ping pong, badminton... Swimming, uh, basketball, soccer, volleyball, uh, running. Those are a lot of uh, popular sports we had. Um, So when I was young, my parents uh, gave me a lot of chance to go to different activities. So I did soccer, basketball, volleyball, a lot of different ball activities. Some interesting one I did was we call it inline hockey. So it's like uh, roller skates with hockey. And also I did like a little bit of judo. Okay. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah, sounds like you have a pretty diverse sports background. And so you came here for
1: college, and where was that? I went to uh, Nashville, Tennessee for my study abroad program. The school is called Lipscope University. It's like a little uh, small private uh, Christian school. Uh, I love there because it was a totally different environment than Los Angeles. Like, it was less busy, it's more rural, and a lot of trees around. I finished my um, Bachelor of Finance in Lipscomb. Nice. And had you been to the U.S. or abroad before that? Yeah, so my first time being to the U.S. was like I was five years old and I was here with my parents and we visit Orlando, Florida. Okay, yeah, Disney World. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So
0: back for the next time was, was for college.
1: Yes, back for the next time was college. And your family now? Um, so my family is back in Hong Kong. So since the covid they have not been visiting, but then just the past Christmas, they were fortunate to came, come over and we spent like almost a month together. So it was it was pretty fun, yeah. That's
0: great. And so ever since COVID, you hadn't been able to see them?
1: I haven't seen them for three years before that trip. Wow, I bet it was awesome seeing them. Are they okay over there? Yeah, they are doing really good. Um, my dad and mom uh, are almost retiring this year, so they would love to spend some time in here too.
0: What do they do in Hong Kong?
1: Um, my dad is... Uh, engineer working for the metro company it's called mtr it's one of the popular underground transport in hong kong
0: okay like a subway system mm-hmm.
1: and then my mom uh, works for a nonprofit called red cross company and she's like a, a assistant manager
0: cool so in college in nashville
1: were you doing any sports yeah so i played basketball for uh, more than 15 years um, and i was really into it and I had a chance to represent a junior Hong Kong basketball team for tournament when I was like 16. Wow! And then I played for the college when I was in Hong Kong. But after I come to the States, I already know like people are much bigger and their they, physical ability is much stronger. So then um, I came here and I was like, oh, I have to really focus on study because sure. when I was in Hong Kong, my, my results was not doing too well. So then I was like, this is a new opportunity for me to see how my um, career grows, right? So then um, I came here, and then I actually switched my bachelor from data science to finance. And then I really liked finance, so then I was doing pretty well, and I graduated um, after two years. That's great. When you were, playing basketball was it the hong kong is it like a junior national team yeah so it was a junior national team and then it was under 16s and so did you guys travel around and play other countries or how did that work yeah so we went to one of the uh big tournament it was the all china tournament and it was pretty fun like you, you get you get a lot of tall guys who are like six feet five six feet six who are 16 years old so i was like this is crazy like compared to hong kong like our average height is much uh, shorter, like probably like six feet free or already like one of the tallest guy.
0: And what position did you play?
1: So I played point guard. Yeah, and I really like to uh, shoot freeze. Nice. So after college in Nashville, how did you land in, in LA or how did you land out here? Yeah, so um, I actually um, started playing pickleball in Nashville and I learned it from my neighbor who was 70 years old and he was your neighbor was seven 70 70 70. years old yes gotcha so and when when was that that was uh 2018 okay Okay. so like four years ago Mm -hmm. um and then he was like oh you should come try this sport it's called pickleball and then I saw some photos of him playing and then I was like oh that looks really fun and I start playing and then the first time I saw him play, I was like, wow, this guy is really good. Like he got all the spin serves and all the uh, trick shot he did. So I was like, "Ooh, I have to try this sport. So then um, I learned it from Nashville. And then after I graduate, I came to L.A. because I did like an internship here before for three months in a BMW dealership uh, for accounting. And then so I came back because I was looking for a job after I graduate. Okay. Fortunately, they hired me back and then I worked there for years for the sales department. And meanwhile, I get to play more pickleball in LA because LA has much more facilities, I would say, and good players. Afterwards, after that year, I got into a master program in Long Beach State. It was for sports management because I was like, I really like sports but I also have a good background in business so I was like let's combine it so then they like a master's in sports uh, management that's how I got into LA. Did you live in Long Beach for a while? No so I was staying in Glendale I was staying in Glendale because okay. the dealership was in Glendale and that's how I met a lot of Burbank people.
0: In your time at Long Beach State doing the masters what was it masters in sports management
1: yeah so it was masters of arts in sports management
0: gotcha and so like what did you take away from that
1: yeah so it was a pretty interesting course because it covers it kind of looks like an mba it covers all different business subjects like marketing finance uh telling you how to run a business company and um Good thing about that, there was a lot of different internships, so I had a chance to work for a running event company, which I was really interested in because I love event management, and I also had a chance to work for um, the Los Angeles Sparks, like one of the WNBA teams. Okay, cool. What did you do for the Sparks? Um, I was I was one of the sales academy, uh, corporate sales academy um, interns, and at that time, it was during COVID. So we didn't have a lot of time spending uh, on the court, like spending in stable centers. But then we had a lot of chance online, meeting different people. And they, they teach us a lot of how to reach out to different communities and learn a lot about how Sparks run their event because WNBA is a little different than NBA. Like WNBA trying to get their audience from, having like community events nights sometimes so then like they have LGBT nights they have like um, they have like a fun night for the kids stuff like that so then they can draw more audience interesting
0: when you were at Long Beach State or you know when you moved out here to Glendale were you playing pickleball all through that time when you started in Nashville
1: and then came out here did you ever like start and stop or you just kind of playing the whole time yeah that, that's a great question it was a long journey so when I moved to Glendale um at first I was trying the Glendale community center actually they had like a Tuesday night indoor pickleball which is they use the basketball courts and line up some temp pickleball nets and play there um so when I first came here I was like I, I was still a beginner. I was like 3-0, 5 and working my way and I was really passionate into it. So I was like finding different courts and then afterwards found out Maxim in Burbank and I also find um, Allendale in Pasadena. So then one great thing about pickleball is pickleball people are really nice. Like once you know one or two of them, you know the whole community and you get much uh, greater matches and greater places to play pickleball. Like, I met Tim Truco and their friends in Burbank. We, we play a lot together. And I also met some of my friends in Allendale, which we become really good friends right now. One of them, his name is Jeffrey. He's actually the court owner right now for courts at Piccadilly, which is in Arcadia. So that's where I play a lot right now. Yeah, it's just crazy how, how pickleball can get you to different people and places, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's a great community. I think that's part of what makes pickleball unique. So... You had your neighbor in Nashville introduce you to the game, come out here, still like to play, and you start meeting people. Were there any people in particular that helped develop your game from the 3-5 to higher? Was there
1: anybody that that coached you at first? How did that go? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of people helped me in between. One of my first coach in Nashville, his name was Danny. He He was the guy who was my neighbor and he was the 70 years ago, guy, but he has like great skills and he really got me into pickleball and he's now living in Florida. So then I, I believe he got much more pickleball there too. After I come to LA, I would say thanks to my friend Jeffrey a lot because he is really into pickleball, like he's one of the MLP owner right now for the Bay Area Breakers. Because of him, he built the courts in Arcadia. He invited a lot of uh, pro players to the courts. I was fortunate that I was one of his friends, so I get to play at his courts and I get to meet a lot of good players like Jesse Irvin and also Jeff Warnick, Scott Crandall and a lot of different five-o players and pros. So I got, I got a lot of my games improved from there. Very fortunate. I get to play a lot of good games, uh, with other people in Burbank or Thousand Oaks, uh, Pasadena as well. And I think that really helps my game. Just getting to play and know better players and watch a lot of YouTube videos. That's how you improve, I would say.
0: In uh, Thousand Oaks, the courts at Ventu.
1: Yes, one of the people I want to mention. His name is Jude Tentaco. He was one of the active players around Thousand Oaks, and. He he loves organizing uh, round robins money ball so then he he will like invite a bunch of good players like different levels probably like 40 0 and then they uh, he organized a lot of round robins there and just in the weekend and you get to play like uh, 10 to 12 games and it's very competitive and and it's really fun and can really learn a lot just from doing those weekend round robins
0: what do you think it is about pickleball that sort of hooked you you know i feel like it's a unique game but what's your perspective like why are people getting so into it because it's different than tennis you know like i feel like the kitchen is a big neutralizer and that's just so unique
1: yeah you're really right i think kitchen is one of the things like because of the kitchen it makes the game not as uh physically competitive like there's not the kitchen, like, those tall guys can reach in and folly every ball, right? So then I feel like with the kitchen, like, it makes the game more fair to different people. Like, the court size is smaller than normal tennis courts, and the ball is not as fast. And also, it's a really easy pick-up sports, right? And also, with the kitchen rule, it tells you that, okay, there's a rule that applies to everyone, that you cannot reach in for every ball like you have to let it bounce so then so then no matter like you know in basketball there's a lot of requirements you have to be tall enough you have to be big enough you have to be fast um you have to be stronger but then in pickleball i would i would say it's just it's it applies to everyone like no matter your age no matter your skills no matter your um gender you can play together i feel like this is really important because you want like for me when I first started, it was funny, like I just met my girlfriend and she doesn't really play any sports and I was like, oh, this sport looks pretty easy to start and we should do it together because yeah. you always want to find some activities that you can do with your partner, right? So then basketball was not one of them because <laughs> the ball is so hard and it could hit, it could hit her and she, she probably don't like it. So I was like, oh, let's try pickleball because it's easy ball doesn't come really hard and, um, it's easy to learn. This court is small. You don't have to run that much. So I'll say, um, how easy the sport to start is really important. And, um, another thing is since, since pickleball, is not developed, fully developed yet. Like a lot of people from different backgrounds, um, will believe like they have a chance to Um, get into pro or, like, get better and better every day. And pickleball is just this interesting sports that um, there's not a specific rule yet that the sport is still changing. So, like, it's very easy to pick up and it's very easy to improve, like, by a short period of time. So I think that really catches people.
0: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. It's very accessible. You know, once you start getting real good, you know, you can compete. I mean, if you pay the entrance fee you can play in you know in a pro bracket and play against some of these guys it's really accessible in that regard so as you started getting better games and playing at piccadilly when did you know like you were getting to a, a level where where this was something like you were taking much more serious and, and wanted to be you know really competitive and then start adding in the layer of tournaments you know when did that come into play yeah
1: um so my journey is a little different than most of the players, I would say, because I started from, as I said, I was a freeo player. And then um, I started playing tournaments just for fun because since I grow up, I'm always a competitive person. I love to play different sports events, different sports competition. And so I was trying out different tournaments. I was playing in a free 5 tournament and maybe... It was in Melba bishop, I think. And then I and then I start doing a little bit better and better. Like I had a lot of failures too. Like there's a lot of tournaments I didn't medal. I've been losing pretty bad. But then it's just that it's just that little improvement by day really gets me to try compete again. And um, I start doing well in free five and then I think I jump. The four O level and it goes straight to four five because I was like, oh, I found I kind of feel like I found the key elements to how to play this game. Like um, for me, a lot of tournaments is about strategy. It's about how you and your partner build up your chemistry and and I feel like when I get into the four five level, I think the first tournament I won was in um, in Thousand Oaks area. Um, I think that court it's called Paseo yeah Paseo club it was one Paseo that's uh Santa Clarita correct correct San Clarita so it was it was one of the tournament um, me and my partner Byron we did pretty well so then we got a gold medal and four or five men doubles and then I feel like after that I start training more and more with in the Piccadilly courts too it gets me into trying the five o level so. At first, trying the 5-0 level, it was a pretty difficult uh, task for me because I feel like I still ha- I still need a lot of skills to develop into that level, especially like my drives was not strong and low enough. And since I don't have that tennis background, but then with more training and more good games with better players, I was successfully getting 5-0 um, medal in the Newport Tournament. In this, uh, in 2022 summer, actually, not that long ago, and starting from there, I start trying to partner with different partners, and I feel like I get more of the game that how the strategy works and how the team chemistry works. So then, I was successfully to medal couple five o tournaments in the later year of 2022, and after that, I was like, since I'm not that young anymore like I'm 27 right now and I should really try pro if I really want to try it (laughs) yeah that's the time to go for it so then I really just trying to see what can I do um, in in this year and uh, in this year and see how my pro results will go
0: yeah that's great that's a great journey all this time were you playing doubles?
1: yeah so I would say I get a better results in men doubles especially Um, and then singles i play a lot of singles too but then um not the best at it because i'll say tennis players are really good at singles yeah that translates pretty well yes and i really need more of those skills like i'm developing my double backhand for a while just because that's really useful for my singles game but i'm really i really like singles too
0: what about mixed
1: yeah, so mix mix is interesting because first thing I really like to play with my girlfriend Cini, so we normally will go down one or two levels for me to play. We'll, uh, we just did like a mix four or five tournament in the Masters, and uh, no matter we win or lose, we already have a we always have a great time. So uh, um, I was not as competitive in mix, um, but also um, sometimes I get one of my good friends. To get into mixed doubles, so then some of um some of the matches I get like we're able to um medal in one of the mixed four five tournament with my friend Michelle last year, so that was one of my um, good tournaments I remember for mix. That's great.
0: Well, I'm glad that when you play with your partner, you guys get along. If you're playing with your significant other, that could that could go one of two ways. It's good that you guys
1: can. Play nice. Yes, it's not easy. Like there's certainly a lot of arguments but then at last you will still you'll feel like, oh, those are some silly things that you can not avoid and it's it's just fun. It's just different that when you play with your significant half in a tournament because you feel like you're working something together and it's really it's like the the joy and the glory when you Win something together—it's so much different than any other partners, So I will say because it's just significant half. So like it really matters, and it's great. It's a different feeling.
0: That's cool. That's an interesting perspective. That's awesome. So you mentioned this a bit before talking about a little bit about your partnerships, stuff like that. Like how do you, how important is it in men's doubles? Do you think that your partner and you gel? You know, and not just that you are choosing the best player that will, let's say, play with you, you know? What's the difference there in in terms of finding someone that your games mesh with rather
1: than just a high-level player? This is a really tricky question because normally you'll think like, oh, if you get a best player in the men's and you'll get good results. But for me, I think a little differently. I think like it's the partner who can help you to reach your potentials because like in men's doubles for everyone. It's like in gen, I mean, in gender doubles, everyone is like pretty equal skills. It's not like mixed that you can pick on, maybe pick on a little bit more on the girls. So then in men doubles, it's really about, um, like, how do you find out what's your opponent's weakness and how do you keep targeting at that spot? Or, um, Like for me, sometimes I like to play more on the left side and I might really want to find a good partner who is great at the right side and to help me to play my best game. Man doubles, like it requires a lot of um, strategy planning, like on whether you are the player who is doing more consistent stuff, like doing good drops, good things and just be patient or the other guy who is more aggressive, who does more speed-ups, who does more uh, drives, who does more um, approaching in the middle. So I would say that really gives me a different thought about doubles because as like I saw an article that Colin Johns was saying. He's like, doubles is not really taking 50% of your court, but it's about how do you gel with your partner and how do you... Um, know which area of balls you should take. So that really, I would say, that really changes my thought about man doubles.
0: Yeah, that's well thought out. So in general, we have a growing sport. I think a lot of the players that participate in tournaments, they're all very competitive, it seems like to me, you know, in adding this layer, because it's easy to to find a court and go play rec and, and do that consistently. I mean, there's, you know, the courts around here in Burbank, Are pretty crowded, but then, you know, not all those people are playing tournaments. So, what do you think about just in general? Like, there's not a competitive amateur tennis tournament circuit that I'm aware of. What do you think of that? Why do you think it exists? You know, there's there's tournaments happening every weekend.
1: Yeah, so I feel like pickleball players are divided into like few different categories. Like, there's certain uh, there's certain like senior players who are uh, 50 plus, 60 plus um, who are retired and they're just looking for some fun activities for their um, for their health so then those are one part of the players who is just looking for fun and they're just really friendly just going to the rec courts and they're just trying to find some other friends who can exercise together so I'll say those are one of the part of the cust- I mean part of the players who are not as interested in tournaments and then there's other parts of um, players who are knows knows about pickleball for a little while, or they're really good, starting into pickleball. So then they are more competitive, who really want to improve and really want to get good games in recreation courts. They're looking for great term, uh, great competition, and ready for tournaments. And there's a little contradiction. And um, if both of them are in the recreation courts and like it really it really requires like good level of management to in order to make everyone happy um like i saw i saw my friend um ara was helping the burbank courts and now maximum courts divide their courts into different levels so that's really helpful to divide the different players and to make everyone stay um peacefully when they're very crowded at the recreation courts and that's really that's really gonna help the future of pickleball if every court knows how to manage the different levels of play. And back to the tournament question, I would say pickleball tournament is a little different. Like it's not like you have to be really good in order to play right. in a tournament. And fun thing about that, there's like different skill level from 3-0 to Five-O and different age levels, right? Like some of the bigger tournaments, they even divide 50 plus, 60 plus, 70 plus. So I feel like in pickleball tournament, it's more about people having fun and enjoying doing that. Like even some of those, they don't do as well, but then they, they're, they're just happy to be in a tournament, knowing different people and playing different people. It's very interesting in the um, tournament director perspective because... There's so much different tournaments, but every tournament is targeting different people, I would say. Like there's obviously the PPA, APP, is targeting more of the pros. There's the USAPA, which I think it's more targeting the amateurs. Like they have some really good tournaments they did, like the US Open or the Nationals. And then there's like the second tier tournament companies who are looking for more local tournaments that they don't travel as much they just focus on doing their local players and then there's more third tier fourth tier who is doing maybe round robins for the weekend and just have people to join and some of them like provide lunch and then provide raffles and provide free stuff to give out giveaway and those are targeting more the recreation players who just want to have a fun weekend and know different people so i'll say that's a great part of it that there's different different target audience
0: that makes sense i feel a lot of the people out playing tournaments are just happy to compete you know they they want uh, like an extra layer to their pickleball experience you know and the tournaments sort of provide that you know whether you were a competitive athlete growing up and then now you're kind of back out there on the pickleball court, you can get that feeling of competition again with a little more at stake than just, you know, at the rec courts. All right, so back to back to you a little bit. After your master's program, did you end up getting a job at
1: BMW? Were you working? Yeah, so back to my career path, like I, uh, after I moved from Nashville, coming to Los Angeles, I did one year of full-time job in the BMW dealership. My My title was like a financial sales assistant assistant. and I would say I didn't really have a great time working there. So then I moved on and I went to my master's program in Long Beach State. And during my master's program, um, I did two internships. As I just say, I was working for my uh, boss, Karen Ware, um, running company. And also I was working for the LA Sparks for an internship. After that, I was lucky. I met um, one of my boss at that time. His name was John. John Letts. Um, he was the um, director of Eye um, Tennis, and at that time, fortunately, he was start. He was starting to develop Eye um, Pickle, which is one of the one of really good clubs in South Pasadena. It's called Arroyo Seco Racquet Club, and at that time, I was looking for any internships and I was really happy that it was related to pickleball. So he hired me as um, a as um, coach in the R.O. second club and um, I started my career there and I had, I, had re- I enjoyed a lot and I had a lot of fun and I've, I met a lot of different people and a lot of different students which becomes great friends right now.
0: So you start coaching at iPickle in Pasadena. Uh, what was it like at first when you first took on students? How good were you at pickleball at the time when you first started coaching? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think the top top players make the best coaches. Like, I don't think you have to be, you know, Roger Federer to to coach tennis. In fact, my theory is that he probably wouldn't be as good of a coach as someone who has maybe even coached him. Um, Because he's so physically gifted that you just can't teach certain things. Yeah, so how how was it starting coaching?
1: I would say like coaching is a lot different than um, playing. So when I first started in iPickle, I was talking with my previous boss, John. Oh, I want to actually start some pickleball events or pickleball tournaments. I wasn't really into pickleball coaching at first. But then he was like, oh, you should pick a few hours in uh, coaching and see how it goes. So I remember the first time when I, when I did like a little training. I was training, with the, I was training with the registration desk assistant and then trying to give her a lesson about pickleball. I did not really have a good introduction to it because I was like, oh, I talked about pickleball for 10 to 15 minutes. And then I did not let her hit a ball at all yet. So that it was funny. And then John was telling me, oh, you should start with little thinking first so that that way she can hit the ball already and she feels like she's into the lesson so then it was it was not an easy start at first i would say because it was hard to find students as well at first i might only have um, three to five students for for a week and then things start getting better i pickle was really good at doing their marketing so they're really able to spread the words around and i was able to get more students and Afterwards, I would say because I took a lot of physical activity classes when I was young, so I really know kind of how to act like a coach. Because like being a coach, you really have to plan what's your um, lesson plan. You have to know how to regulate your students. Like don't let them to mess up with your class. Like some of them might be chit chatting too much, or like some of them not paying attention. And you want them to really pay attention and to learn something from your class, right? I would say I was I was like a 4-0, 5 player at that time. Like being a coach really doesn't matter about your skill level, I would say. It's more about how much you know about pickleball and how much you know about how to train um, your students. Because like you would need a lot of different, you would need to watch a lot of different um, training videos. Like I, I watch a lot of pickleball trainings just in YouTube and you'll find a lot of drills to do for different levels of players. So then say that's the most important part is learning how to apply the different drills to different players. And once I start coaching, I would say after two or three months, I started getting more used to it and my lesson plan was running more smooth and I was able to get more private students and meanwhile I was also developing some group classes which is great because pickleball class is a little different than tennis class like pickleball class it's best to have four people that way you can run a little doubles game and also give them more on the strategy like it's very tough to just do, just to have like um, two or three students because it's kind of like in between, should I do a one-on-one or should I do a a doubles game, right? We'll get back
0: into coaching in a few minutes, but I just want to kind of cap off the tournament stuff and your personal kind of journey through there. So when you're getting ready to play a tournament, like let's say last year, I saw you and uh, Tim at Newport. I think you guys got, Silver? Yeah, I remember watching that match and it was super high level. So like at that time, you know, you're highly competitive in five oh. How were you preparing for the tournaments? Were you drilling a lot versus Rec? Were you and Tim getting a lot of reps together or whoever you were playing with for the, you know, tournament you were prepping for? Um Yeah, like I mean there's a lot of like nerves, you know, on the day. Some people could
1: get tight. You know, how do you like prepare for that and, and deal with that? I would say when you play in a tournament you always only have seventy percent of your game. Because first it's like you get nervous. Like I get nervous too. No matter I'm playing three oh or five oh, you get nervous because you don't know your opponent, the 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 courts are different, the balls are different and the points are really tight. You every point really matters. I would say finding your best game and your best way to play is very, very important like for me I will say my best game is to hit drop shots like good consistent drop shots is to um, be ready uh, for counter-attacks and be patient on your dinks. so those are some some of my things that I really that's how I start my game normally I want to make sure I'm comfortable with my drops and I'm ready to move up and I'm ready to be patient and be ready for that counter-attack Another thing is um, that tournament was uh, was really memorable because it was one of the first five five ter- five tournament that I meddled. Me and Tim we met through the through the Arcadia uh, Arcadia courts uh, Piccadilly courts, and he was from the OC area, so we were lucky that he 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 was really into pickleball and he just keep driving over to Arcadia every every week. And I saw that he was a really aggressive player, and he has some really great hands and good power. And one of the other thing I like about Tim Ryan is that he hustles for every ball. Like, no matter ball, no matter ball was an overhead for your opponent, he still be ready, and he's trying to save the ball every time. He even like fall for the fall for the ball that he wants to save. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we really gel together because. He was he he was the one who's really good on the right side, and he's ready to be aggressive. He's ready to save every ball. That's kind of my style, which I love to be hustled to save every ball as well. But I play a little bit more um, consistent. So, so we were really able to gel, and we we stack a little bit. That I'm playing on the left. He was playing on the right. Uh, I was able to play my best game, and he was be he was ready to punch every ball when it's attacking us. And the other thing that we gel really good, it's because he was a basketball player before. So this is something interesting that um, when you play similar sports together, you kind of have that energy that how to work as a team, I would say. That was one of the things that I found out. And that's how I partner up with my next partner uh, Rob Hutchins he was a basketball player too so then and we we end up doing really well as well so that was something interesting for my partnerships
0: yeah that's interesting similar sports backgrounds if you've had a similar experience growing up in athletics you know the way you approach a new sport might be similar yeah interesting yeah and so as you're improving are, do you are you drilling a lot are you playing rec or how's that going
1: yeah so before every tournament i would say the two weeks before the tournament i would start drilling a little bit more like i like to play skinnies that's the best way i think to help my to help my drillings is to be ready to cover your side and be, re- be ready to hit those resets and learn when to speed up the ball and me and tim um like to go to play on Wednesday and Saturdays because those are the time where the best players are at Piccadilly and we will we will play a lot of games with each of us just each of us in every game um to play against different great teams like we want to play teams which are better than us like we want to play Jesse we want to play Jeff we want to play Scott in order in order to know what's our weakness and in order to know how we should do in those difficult, uh, scenarios. Right. Um, so those, those are really important for me. I would say to keep in your body shape, I don't really do a lot of conditioning, okay. but I will play singles because singles, you, you're, you you have to run a lot more and you're still practicing your strokes. It's just a little different way. you might, practice a little bit more drives, which is great for me because that's what I want to improve. Um, so yeah, that's that's normally how I um, prep my tournament. Just two weeks before, get a lot of play with your partner, talk about strategy, finding which way is the best to start your game. Yeah, that's it. And sometimes I even just before the tournaments, I would travel to like OC area or... Beverly Hills area just to get games with my partner just because it's it's before the tournament. So yeah. you have to go all in, you know. So you and Rob played at, at Nationals. Yeah, and how did that go? We got silver in Nationals. And then there was a tournament we played before that. It was the USA uh, Newport Championship. So that was the qualifier for Nationals. So we got gold in that one. But that was a really close match. Uh, it was gold medal match. And I remember we played um, Daniel and we played uh, Walter Lau. So we lost. We actually lost the two out of three. But we came back and won the one game to 15. Oh, yeah. That's how we got.
0: You had the back pocket. Yeah. yeah you, had that in the back. you stayed in the winner's bracket. Correct. So you, they had to beat you twice. Correct. Yeah, that's a tough ask. Yeah, yeah that's great. So the latest tournament you played was PPA Masters? Correct. Okay, and that was earlier uh, this year in Palm Springs. And you played in the pro bracket,
1: right? Correct. That was my second time.
0: Talk a little bit about that. Like, I know the brackets were huge and they kind of got split up. There was some rain. You know, how, how was that? How was the
1: weekend? Yeah, so PPA Masters was a really nice venue. We really liked the, the, the courts a lot and it has all this green background with everyone wearing white. So that was really cool. It's a great job uh, for PPA. And it was my second time playing pro. The first time it was in APP Sacramento with Rob in 2022. This time, so the APP was, the bracket was a little smaller. It was like maybe 30, 30 teams. And the teams was not as competitive because the PPA player wasn't in the APP tournament. So this time in the PPA Masters, all the best players were there. We have like sixty teams entry in men's pro doubles, so you have to do a qualifier round, which is never. Uh, it was my first time; it never happened in my in my um, pickleball life yet. So then, you have to do a qualifier round, which is which is. So so there were like, let's say there were sixty teams entered.
0: There was the main draw, which was like the top seeded players and, and like your typical pro draw and then say like the bottom 30 were in another bracket, right? And so like if you finished top few teams out of there would get a slot in, in the major, kind of like qualifying at a major in tennis or something like that. Right. Yeah. And so you were in the qualifying
1: bracket. Yes. I remember now. So it was like 28 teams in the main draw, which is already seeded. And, um, there's 32 teams who are fighting for six spots to get into the main draw. So I was in one of the 32 teams who was in the qualifier draw. So the way to get into the main draw is you have to win two matches. If you lose one, then you're done. You have to win both matches. So, um, we were lucky. We were seated at sixth seat in the qualifier draw. So then. We played the 22 seed, the first match, and it was very close. We barely win in the third game, 12-10, I think. And we uh, made it to the second match. And the second match, we played one of our friends, uh, Matthew Mead and James Frop. And um, we played to game three again, and we won like 11-6. So we successfully made it to the main draw. And then afterwards, um, that's the exciting moment because... You're the you're the last sixth seed actually from the main draw. So then you have to play the first sixth seed, who is the best players in in the States right now, I would say. So we were we were um, paired up with against uh, we were paired up against Jay Devalier and DJ Young, who is like both really great players and they're like very tall, very good reach. So Moo has been playing in the pro scene for one to two years already, I would say he is one of my, he's one of my good friends cause we're both international. Um, so he actually um, quit his job and get into playing pro for a year, just trying his best and see how it goes. Like he's been training really hard and he's been playing a lot of different uh, matches every day in order to get prepared for the, Pro tournaments and he played really comfortable against Jay and DJ. I was a little nervous in game one, so yeah.
0: I mean, that's those two are tough. I mean, to stare down uh, Jay and and DJ, I bet was a little intimidating, but what a great experience!
1: Yeah, so in the first game, we actually only had one point, so we lost 11 1. Um, In the second game, um, Mu was telling me just play a little bit more, uh, less aggressive, go more. Drops, go more, dink a few more balls and just be ready to punch that counter. So so we list, we listened to his advice and we actually had a chance. We were at 992 and I was like, oh, we need two more points and we, we can get a match from them. Um, so that was really fun and we got some really good points against them in the second match and it was really great experience to know that um, it's not impossible to get into pro. It's just... You need to work on certain things and getting ready to be at the tournament courts, it's very different because the more you play in tournaments, the more you get used to it and get prepared. Right. And so a little bit more on that, as you
0: have gotten better uh, and more competitive and gone up through four, five, five zero, oh,
1: and now into pro, wh- what are some of the differentiators? Yeah, so... um Getting into four or five, I would say most important it's you're able to do less mistakes. So like you're able to hit drives, hit drops at the right uh, at the right time. You're able to uh, not miss things or not do too much unforced error, and in, in the four or five level. And then once you're in the five zero level, um, everyone knows when to be aggressive. Everyone has fast hands, so you really have to pick on what their weaknesses and um, and knowing to attack at the right time or um, be ready to strategize and know when to do stacking or when to hit at the hit the shot at the player who is weak at so normally we'll be like oh this player is a little stronger than stronger in his forehand, it's a little bit weaker on his backhand so then we might hit more backhand onto that guy and then the other guy might be different so then you have to know what their weaknesses are in order to uh strive in that level and when you get into pro, it's a much advanced level of five oh because these players are not just local players they travel around to play against you, so there are top level players and maybe both of the players are great. you don't know which to pick um but but I would say even in pro it's just who makes less error, who makes better decision, and who is um, hitting the shot more confidently. Like, you see Jay and DJ, they they can really um, roll the ball and re- they can really power their their fifth shot really good and they can push you back really well. And they know when to attack and when to use their tools. Like, Jay is really good at this. Uh, thinking down the line and then he's ready to earny that shot like he got a lot of points from uh, People which I saw so then I really know that oh uh, telling you When you have to be a 5-0 or a pro player you really have to be consistent you really have to find which one is your best um, attacking tools and how do you uh, gel with your partner and and know your opponent weakness and so at
0: this point are you with any sponsors?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, um, I was working for I was working with Engage for three years already. So um, they've been a pretty good company. They've been um, giving you, giving us like good um, paddles, shirts every year. Giving discounts to my friends. That's one of the great part uh, I like about Engage. Um, and I also start working with Fila for a while for a year. Um, just helping them as a brand ambassador, so helping them to promote their apparels because they're uh, coming into the they're into the market of pickleball. They have some great pros right now, like Lucy and Lee. Um and also MVC. MVC is one of the local um, company which uh, owned by Rob and Jerry. They're really nice uh, people. They just want to support local players and uh, promote their a clothing brand
0: yeah, great. I think now we've come to what your latest venture might be the California pickleball Association, kappa, but let's get into that after we take a little break. <laughs> All right, we're back with Angus Lee, the founder of the California Pickleball
1: Association. So, how did that come to be, Kappa? So, back to when I was studying my masters. So, we have to do a capstone project for uh, in order to graduate. That was our last course. So, a capstone project is a little bit about what do you you can do any kind of business that you want, and um, that's the. That's the topic of the project is to set up something that you like and to help uh, some kind of communities or help some kind of sports. So I figure out, oh, let's do pickleball because not much people in my class knows about it. And this is something special that I've been playing for a long time and uh, getting into pickleball for a long time. So I did my capstone project about pickleball and I was thinking what should I do, which is you don't want to do something which already happened. So I was thinking doing a junior's pickleball tournament. So in my capstone project, I was describing we can do a collegiate junior tournament, which different players from college gets to know pickleball from their PE classes. And we want more people to learn about it. And then once one or two year, it gets more developed, then we can set up a collegiate junior tournament which promotes the youth to pickleball so that went really well and uh, my project was actually list uh one of the best capstone project in my classes so i was very happy one of my professor he was actually a owner for a boxing company event boxing event company he actually asked me about is this uh going to be true are you gonna really set up a pickleball company for juniors and I was like I've been thinking I've been thinking for it for a long time and I do really want to do it so he actually promised to invest into my little dream that I'm not sure will I do it yet uh, so I was very excited about it excited about it and um, uh, I start doing research I start thinking about how can I start this company so after that, I met some of my friends in Arcadia, which is now one of the owner. Uh, his name is Derek, Derek Lin. We become really good friends after, uh, I've, after I met him in one of uh, my tournaments that I organized, and he was one of the participants. So then we played a lot of pickleball together, and I was talking to him about my capstone project. At that time, he was already a business owner. He does a furniture business. So he knows really well about how to do the administrative stuff and um, how to do the marketing and how to do the sourcing for different business. So fortunately, he was really into it too. He was like, I'm down to do a pickleball business. Uh, he's really passionate into different sports activity. So... He told me about that and I was like, and I was thinking, oh, so should I go with my boxing event uh, professor or should I go with my new friend who is really into pickleball too? So then um, I chose to start uh, California Pickleball Association with Derek because he was really passionate and I feel like we can gel together to start something. Uh, we're both really passionate into sports, and we're very outgoing and friendly. He's a friendly person, so that's how it gets started. And funny thing about that, before that, it was before we started ter- uh, before we started a company. He knows a lot of people in Arcadia. I knows a lot of friends uh, in Pasadena, the Allendale crowd. So then we combined together, and we did a little tournament called a minor league pickleball. So it's the same format as the major league pickleball which is happening right now um so you have normally you have two guys two girls but because we're short of girls so we so we did three guys and one girl so we set up eight different teams and you're gonna play in a format for seven games we're playing a format of seven games rather than five games so each of your player gets to play with the three different partners once so that that's how you get seven games and uh, we did a little minor league pickleball thing, and it ran really well. Every team had their own shirts, and the competition was really good, and we we ran it really well together. So we really decided, oh, we should start a company and do pickleball tournaments for the community, for the local community especially.
0: So that minor league pickleball, that was kind of like the first event, your first sort of trial run
1: Yes, so we didn't plan as a event. We just planned it was for fun. Just our friends get it together and do a little pickleball um uh, competition. But you ran it like
0: a tournament kind of and just kind of getting your feet wet.
1: Yes, correct. I always have this um event management spirit that I want to create my own event and I I like creating events. I like seeing people get it together and have a great time. So then Um, that's how I come up with this idea to do a pickleball tournament company. After we start Kappa, we are first thing we're thinking about what's our name. So at first we have some interesting names, like we're thinking rather Kappa, we would call it CPA, but then CPA is like accountant, right? So then it kind of contradicts. So we're lucky that um, I even one of my friend, His name is Mark Gerges. He's one of a uh, really good designers. So he's really nice about helping us, and he wants to help us set up our logo, our website, and our kind of our brand. He suggests to use C-A-P-A rather than C-P-A because if we stick with C-P-A, it's going to be a little contradiction. I think Kappa sounds much more... Um, popping than CPA so
0: yeah it's it's a a great little acronym and you know people just call
1: it kappa you know that's great thanks so yeah so starting from last year June that was our first tournament so in 2022 we actually did three tournaments already and It went pretty well, I would say. The first tournament, we might only have 150 people. Our last tournament in 2022, the LA Pickleball Championship, we went up to 350 people. And the coming one in February, the Orange County Open, which we just set up with a new location in Fountain Valley Pickleball Center, uh, we are planning to have around 400 to 500 people. So I would say for me, it was a really good, it was a great career changing path and it was great turning point for my life because I've been always wanting to do this and finally it happened and I was really grateful for everyone who helped me with it and who support us with it another thing I want to talk about is our volunteers so running a event it's very important to have some volunteers because um, like two people can't do everything in an event so our volunteer is actually a group of pickleball players from Arcadia and they're really into pickleball tournament as well. And we're very fortunate to have them to help us to do scorekeeping or registration um, or raffle drawing, stuff like that. I mean, they don't get paid. So then I'm very fortunate to have them. Like we just do a little company lunch and we give out some shirts to them and also give them free entries after every foreign tier and for are in We're very grateful to have them. Like without them, it's really hard to uh, work on our tournaments.
0: I'm sure they're inspired by you guys to want to volunteer. That takes a lot to, to get someone out there for free. So I'm sure you guys are doing a great job of taking care of them.
1: So last year, the two tournaments, where were they? Last year, we ran three tournaments. Oh, three. So the first one was uh, San Gabriel Valley Open. Second one was called Kappa Summer Open. And then the last one was in just in December, the LA Pickleball Championship. How
0: has it been running your own tournaments? Have you taken your experience from playing in tournaments and sort of like, you know, seen what can be improved upon and s- tried to implement that into your own events?
1: Yeah, so I would say my previous uh, internships really helped me. Like, I started my internship with Karen Ware running events, so... Karen's one of my previous boss and she's also a really energetic and really friendly person. So I really like her um, personality and I feel like I learned a lot from her because she runs her own running event just by herself and I kind of attached it to her like entrepreneur spirit that I want to do something for myself too. And then afterwards, I also interned and worked for a few pickleball events. So in iPickle and also in national pickleball. So then I learned a lot from how they run their event from scratch to every different scenarios like rain delay or like um, people backing up at last minute or switching partners, stuff like that. So then say those experience really helped me to know how to run an event. So
0: speaking of rain, LA Pickleball Championships in December, you had to deal with some rain, right?
1: Yeah, so the LA Pickleball Championship was a two-day event. It was Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we were fortunate there was sun, so then we can finish our tournament as scheduled. And then Sunday, it had a little rain. So that was a crazy experience because we really want to run it as planned. As planned. So we've been talking about what's the different scenario we should do on Saturday night. And one of the crazy decisions we made was sending out an email to all the participants at 5 a.m. If we are starting the tournament as planned at, at 7 a.m. So at last, the rain stopped around 12. So then we made the decision to start our tournament at 1.00. So it ran pretty well, actually, because normally you need two or three hours to dry the courts. But we're fortunate. Uh, even our players wants to come out and help us to dry the courts. So then we were able to run it starting from one. And the courts normally closes at five because they don't have lights in Oak Avenue Intermediate School. So I was lucky to rent the courts from my f- friend Jeffrey to use the Piccadilly courts to finish the remaining matches from uh, 5 to, we actually finished at 11 p.m. So that was a crazy day, but I'm glad we went through it. In my experience,
0: whenever there's like a pro, like a high-level pro bracket being played out at the same time, I feel like the experience for amateurs is not as good as if it were amateur only.
1: Have you found that? This is one of the thing which is very important for our company and for every trusting this format can work better for our participants because based on my tournament experience, based on my friends or others telling me about tournament experience, a lot of time tournaments are running in double elimination format and it can take maximum or minimum like eight to 12 hours a day to run the whole thing. So for in, pers- uh, in participant perspective of points, If they are not as a great player in their division, they can only play like two matches in a day while they are spending time to travel and also time to wait in between matches. Like in PPA Master, I have friends who's playing in the amateur divisions um, who was waiting for eight to 10 hours for the matches and they start at 7 a.m. and couldn't finish their matches until 7 or 8 p.m. So in Kappa, we really trust this format that we want to do round-robin format. And if there's teams like more than 10 teams, we'll separate the round-robin format into two groups. And first two places of each group will get into a medal round. And you will play the elimination format in the medal round. By this way, we believe like everyone can play at least five to six matches or more you can reach around eight to nine matches at least in order to get their money, get their time worth to come to our tournament. And second thing it's by the round robin and round robin and metal round matches format we made, players will only stay there around three to four hours. So you don't have to be there for eight to 12 hours, which you don't know, could you finish the, all the tournament matches? I would say this is a very important format an important selling point for our our tournaments because we want everyone to have fun. We want everyone to spend their time worth for the money and get more matches and just get to know different people and get to play more competitive matches during the tournament.
0: Tournaments can be a long day. You can be there forever. I think it's great You're, you're looking out for ways to improve on that. So you kind of describe Kappa as a pickleball tournament company, but I know on the website you're offering lessons. What other aspects of Kappa
1: are there? Our mission is actually to provide the best pickleball community and best pickleball events to our local community. So we just want more people in our local community to get to play better pickleball events, to get uh, pickleball lessons, to get to know about pickleball, to get to know about different pickleball courts location. In our company or in our website, we actually, we're providing pickleball lessons. We're doing pickleball tournaments. We're trying to work with corporate who is interested to organize pickleball events or clinics. We also have information page about how to start learning pickleball and the pickleball recreation court locations. So really want to set up a platform for coaches, for players, for companies to assess about any pickleball events. Where would you say Kappa's home base is? Is there home courts for Kappa? For now, our home basis is in Arcadia. Our home court is Oak Avenue Intermediate School. One fun fact is this intermediate school is actually found by, the court's are actually found by one of my friends. His name is Chris Branson. He's actually sixty years old, and he's really passionate into pickleball. His son is. His name is Caden. He's one. He's one of the good, really good uh, junior pickleball players. And he was one of the teachers at Oak Avenue Intermediate School. So he proposed and he donated money to create these beautiful pickleball permanent courts. And it was not get to use by the public because the courts were officially by Temple City Unified School District. So we're lucky to get to know about the courts and we talk to the school district and get to rent the courts from them. So I would say Chris helped a lot for finding the location as well. So we're happy for now. Our home base is at Arcadia and Oak Avenue Intermediate School. In February, we're trying to expand to more locations as well. So the next one will be in Fountain Valley pickleball center but we'll still have tournaments running in oak avenue
0: and so looking ahead as we wrap up here what are some goals that you have personally and also for
1: kappa so for myself for playing i really want to make into top eight in one of the app or ppa pro events also looking for a sponsorship who can cover my tournament expense i would say um i'm a good i'm a good paddle sales i've been helping engage some really a good amount of paddles. So I'm really looking for a good sponsorship that I can rely on. And I'm trying to make a scene of myself in the pro tournaments. For Kappa, um, we really wanna reach more participants and reach out to more locations. So our goal is to reach to three to five locations in 2024. And we want to reach to 500 to 800 participants in 2023 and for myself uh, in coaching i would hope i could set up a better and a more comprehensive system on my class registration and also um, trying to set up a good maybe set up an academy for myself and hire some coach to help me um, assist in coaching are you working on kappa full-time right now pickleball full-time yes that's what my dream was so then i'm glad i can stick with it for now
0: Yeah, good for you. Really going all in. I mean, like you said, now's the time. And then for the sport, like you said, it's not fully developed yet. There's different strategies emerging. How do you stay up on that? Where do you think it's going?
1: Pickleball, as everyone says, is the fastest growing sports in the United States. I think in 2023, we will really see some great and big and more events coming on about pickleball. Like you can see more pickleball paddles that develop you can see more pickleball tournaments are giving out more prize money. You can see more tennis pros are turning into pickleball pros. Um, one other fun fact I saw is like in Asia in Europe in all these countries are starting to develop pickleball. Like there's much more facility, much more tournaments they are running right now. And for my best point of view, as I... We re- we really w- wish in the Olympics, LA 2028, that pickleball can be one of the events. We hope it's possible. We we, d- we don't know yet, but this is one of our one of our dreams as a pickleball player, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think pickleball would be a great Olympic sport. Why do you think you keep coming back on a day
1: to day basis? Like, what is it for you? I will say, most definitely, are the friendship you develop in pickleball. For now, most of my friends are from pickleball that I know. This sport is just really getting you and really electrify that it it just sticks together with the people you know, like this is like a double sports with two people as a team and four people playing together. It really can develop that team spirit and also like knowing different people as the sport is just suitable for different age and gender and uh, skill level to play together. So I would say the friendship that i get it's the most important reason that i'm still playing pickleball every day like if you don't play if you don't go to play pickleball today you might not meet your friend that friend again for a week but just because you go to play you'll see your friends day to day second thing i like about it is just you are just improving every day with pickleball pickleball is improving into a different style every day as well since it's just it's just develop- a really good developing sport. Like you can see different styles going on on pickleball courts every day. You can- and also it's very easy to get improvements on pickleball because the more you play, the more you learn. And also there's a lot of things which are not discovered yet, I would say, in this sport.
0: Final thing, we're going to do a little speed round. All right, sounds good. Drop or drive? Drop. Tournament or wreck? Tournament. Playing at day or night? At night. Left side or right side? Left side. Singles or doubles? Doubles. Mixed or gendered? Gender. Durer or Franklin? Durer. What's her favorite shot? Backhand flick. Favorite drill? Guinea singles. And favorite courts in SoCal?
1: Piccadilly courts.
0: All right. Angus, thank you so much for being here. When I started developing the show, even though I hadn't even met you, you were really like top choice for me to get. As the opening guest here on SoCal Pickleball Stories, you're embodying everything I want this show to bring to light. So where can people find information about Kappa,
1: info about your upcoming tournaments? Thanks, Josh. Um, It it is my pleasure to be on your podcast. Like, I'm very happy today that I can share my stories. Maybe a lot of my friends don't even know yet. So for any information about Kappa, you guys can visit playkappa.com. And our upcoming tournament is on February uh, 18th and 19th in Fountain Valley Pickleball Center. And the website is com slash OC Open. Thank you, everyone, for listening.
0: Thanks for listening.